Newsworthy Weekly, delivering the best of humanity every Saturday. Here's your hosts, Allison Rosen and Todd Perry. Hello, everybody. It's the Upworthy Weekly Podcast, and I'm Todd Perry, a staff writer at Upworthy. And with me is the wonderful Allison Rosen. Allison is the host of the super popular podcast, Allison Rosen is Your New Best Friend, and Childish with her co-host, comedian Greg Fitzsimmons. And before you say your hello, I was listening to your podcast with Greg Fitzsimmons this week, and I noticed that there was a similarity with Upworthy Weekly. And that was, last week on Upworthy Weekly, my son infiltrated the studio and announced to the world, Poopy Doopy. <laughs> yes, he did. In which Allison, it was as if we had a guest. Yeah. It, it's, oh, and we have a guest here. What do you got to say? What's, what's on a six-year-old's mind? <laughs> poopy Doopy. And then you responded with an aggressive amount of Poopy Doopy back. Yeah, I was excited. Mm-hmm. It, it was like... It was like a Baba Booey fest going on. It was like, <laughs> and a Baba Booey to you. But then I'm listening to your show with Greg Fitzsimmons, and what was his pet name that his, an ex-girlfriend gave oh him? Oh, my God. Poopers. He mm-hmm. and his ex-girlfriend, now ex-girlfriend, at the time girlfriend, referred to each other as poopers. We were talking about pet names that you give a loved one, and they both, and I cannot believe... Because Greg Fitzsimmons is someone who has a lot of great stories and tells his great stories more than once. Uh, so I don't know if other people know that he and this gal referred to each other as poopers. I had never heard it. And now I can't stop calling him poopers. But yeah, they both called each other poopers. Have you ever heard anything so amazing? I don't know. It it, it kind of scares Did it make you me. uncomfortable? Yeah, it made me uncomfortable because it's like... I think like poopers is something you call a child or a cat. Yeah. Or like, well, what do the Germans have it? Um, Scheiser. Scheiser. Like they call it little kids, little oh. Scheiser, which just means little pooper. Scheiser. I didn't know that. Yeah. They call oh. it. So I used to have a neighbor, Mrs. Grote, who was of German mm. descent. And she uh-huh. used to call me that when I was a little, when I was a little, little Scheiser. When you were a, a little poopers. Little Scheiser. You know, but That's anyway, sweet. yeah, so I was just thinking, uh, I was thinking about that. I made the connection, the childish yeah. upworthy weekly connection, uh, right this week. Uh, there's one other thing, uh, I wanted to say before we get started, but first of all, we're going to talk about some of the most popular and engaging stories from the week of August 22nd to 26th at Upworthy. But and now, Allison, I don't know if you're going to get with this or you're going to be against this, but I'm going to just lay it out there. I think that this time of year, this week specifically, to put a pin on it, uh, is one of the most kind of, uh, it's, a, it's a moment full of potential, I always think. And this is, this is a very kind of upworthy thought for those people that listen to the show sometimes and think, you guys aren't just completely always positive all the time. Mm. But there's a moment when uh, summer's ending. And the kids are going back to school. And it's bittersweet because you had a wonderful summer. Everybody did. Everybody had the best summer ever. And, But now it's a, it's a moment. To me, it's like the new year. It's where I start thinking, okay, 
kids going back to school. I'm back kind of working, doing my thing. I've got alone time. I got planned to actually like live my life. Uh, and now what are my goals for this year? What am I getting after? What am I, what are the atomic habits I'm going to put into place? Oh to, my gosh. This to, book. To try. This book that you're, that you won't let up. The fact that you read the whole book and I did not. We get it, Todd Perry. You read a book. Bravo. You know, when, yes. I, when I had COVID, I spent my time reading, Allison, and I, I forget Wonderful. What... I spent my time complaining and moaning. So it wasn't that different from non-COVID life. <laughs> Ooh, what a sick burn. I must give you props. That was really good. Yeah. So I walked into it. Yeah, you, you really did. You, you, th- you did. thought that this was a safe space here with Todd I know, Perry. but it wasn't. Yeah, yeah. no. Uh, but what, so what I was saying is to the audience, and I, you guys can email us with uh, UpworthyWeekly at Upworthy.com uh, or you know hit us up on Twitter. Uh, I take this as a time to do that. And I think, because I just think it's a great time to do that. It's like it, there's, there's potential. It's like re, uh, returning to the one, as they say in Taoism, about, okay, what, what am I doing in life now that everything's starting back up again? So... Uh, I don't know, Allison, do you look at this time of year that way, or am I just uniquely weird? Have you always done this? Because I'm wondering if it's because you're married to a teacher. Mm. Your wife being a teacher. Because I have been off of the school schedule as the thing that marks my life for a while. Although now, this is the first time... Uh, then I'm back on it because my son just started kindergarten and he actually went back already. He went, this is now his, we're at the end of his second week. Um, so, you know, like I'm back on it, although it feels very early to me. Uh, cause in, in my time, your time as well, we went back after Labor Day, yeah. but now they start in what feels like the middle of this or the just early. But anyway, so I guess, so I've always been more of a, you know, since I've been out of school, like a New Year's person as the time that I think, in what ways can I improve on perfection? Uh, <laughs> but I like your idea. I like your idea. I've always historically hated August for an array of reasons. Like, really, for me, not a lot of good things happen in August. It is my husband's birthday, and I resent that because it yeah. really gets in the way of my detesting August. It's not a very upworthy thought. I'm sorry. Mm. But I like your idea of like, this is a time to really, really hunker down and put into practice some atomic habits. Maybe it's just me talking about me, but I don't know. If other people feel that way, hit me up on Twitter at Todd A. Perry. Hit Allison up at Allison Rosen or email us. And I gave that uh, out earlier. Yeah. And you just have one D in Todd and I oh. just have one L in Allison because our parents wanted us to forever have to clarify. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, yeah. that wasn't their reasoning, but it's how it turned out. Yeah, yeah. My, I, I always wonder, how, I'm sure there's an at Todd with two Ds, Perry, on Twitter. Sure. It's like, why yeah. are people like sending me cat videos? Uh, oh, spe- speaking of. Speaking of. So, for people who are new to this show, Allison, you explain this situation. I'm talking too much. <sighs> I'll say... All right, so we have gotten a lot of uh, feedback from our listeners who have said to us, 
you feature dogs so much because we do. A lot of uh, Upworthy stories feature dogs that rescue people Mm -hmm. uh, because in general, if I had to say what's an Upworthy animal – man's best friend. Dogs are forever coming to people's aid, uh, saving people, rescuing people, preventing them from perishing from hypothermia. You know, oh, 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 here's two dogs. A man tumbles off a cliff. Conveniently, there's two dogs with him. One of them uh, keeps him warm. One of them goes and gets help. It's adorable. But then there's a lot of people who have cats out there and they'll write in and they'll say, why don't you ever feature cats? And then we, and by we, I mostly mean Todd, Mm. uh, just to get the heat off of me, we will say, we'll feature cats when cats do something upworthy. When cats do something that seems like it's, you know, in keeping with the standards of Upworthy Weekly, then we'll feature it. It's not about us. It's about the cats. And thus far, we haven't had anything that has, you know, risen to that level. That all changes this week, you guys, because get this, a cat saved his owner by waking her up when she was having a heart attack in her sleep. Sam Felstead, who's a 42-year-old woman who lives in uh, Nottinghamshire, England, and I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but anyway, you get the gist. Uh, She was woken up in the middle of the night. She was sound asleep, woken up in the middle of the night by her cat, Billy, a seven-year-old cat who was jumping on her chest and loudly yowling. She was covered in sweat and she couldn't move. She called for her mother to help her. Uh, and she had like uh, pain in her right side. She couldn't stand her. She was rushed to the hospital, and lo and behold, she'd had a heart attack in her sleep. And this was very unusual behavior for Billy. Billy normally uh, keeps its distance. Billy normally stays closer to Sam's mother. You know what? I must come clean. I believe the headline... You know, now I'm wondering if Billy... Did I misgender Billy... Do you know, is Billy a boy cat or a girl cat? Uh, that I don't know. I'm not sure. Okay. I'm not but sure I, because I, 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 in my notes, I wrote a cat saved her. Oh, no, no. I'm sorry. A cat saved her owner by waking her. That's right. Okay. Uh, I'm in, I'm in, I think actually Billy is a boy, as I had originally said. This is neither here nor there. Uh, but anyway. Okay. So very out of, so, so because Billy jumped on Sam's chest, yowled loudly. Sam realized she needed to get up, had a heart attack in her sleep, had an angioplasty, everything's good. Uh, Now here's my favorite part. A couple feline behaviorists have weighed in to essentially say, let's not get ahead of ourselves. This is not, this is not the behavior that you want it to be really. So according to Lucy Hoyle, feline behaviorist billy may have become anxious when oh he okay probably sensed sam's physiological and behavioral changes like unusual sweating movements noises distress so this is what lucy says i do believe he probably did save her life because that's what enabled her to get medical help but i wouldn't go down the route of saying he did it on purpose it was him Mm. reacting to the situation and then linda ryan assertive why must they Harsh, uh, why must they steal our joy? Linda Ryan, a certified clinical animal behaviorist for cats, says it might have been that the cat was startled or distressed. The movement or twitching was attracting its attention because cats are stimulated by movement, she said, adding that it may not have necessarily been, quote, an act of kindness or altruism since cats are more solitary in nature. Listen, 
maybe it's cat behaviorists that are the problem more than cats. Because they're the ones who are interpreting. Maybe they're the ones who are giving cats a bad reputation. Because they're the ones who are sitting here telling us it's not about altruism. It's not about love. Cats are just out for themselves. Yeah. Cats, you need a new publicist. They, they, they really do. And maybe if they had different behaviors, then behaviorists would see them differently. Well, I see, what, I see whose side you're taking. Yeah. No, I, I'm just, I'm being, I'm being <laughs> objective about it. And who knows? Mm-hmm. I mean, the cat could have been there going, okay, is she dead yet? When can I eat her <laughs> face? Right? Well, so you're suggesting that the cat, in the same way that like before they do a C-section, they do a lot of testing to make sure you're numb, that the reason mm-hmm. the cat was jumping on her chest and yowling was like to, to make sure that she was dead before eating our face because if so that's that's kind of the cat so we got to yeah. give the cat points for kindness yeah but also like like if the person is alive the cat can face some sort of retaliation and violence oh. for trying to eat a human's face i see um also I see. the cat could have wanted food like hey wake up i it's time for my right. fancy feast you know <laughs> or the cat was like right why are you sweating you know? Yeah, well, I think uh, Linda Ryan did, or one, one, Lucy Hoyle, one of them did say it could have been her odor. But there's more, Todd. Mm. Uh, okay, have you ever heard a cat make a sound called an alugalug or an alugalug? I was unfamiliar with this sound, but there's a specific sound that cats make when they're scared or upset or trying to get someone to go away. And it's this very unique, it almost sounds like they're talking. Mm. Um, it's, it's fascinating. And a South African musician named The Kiffness made an album where he makes songs where he's duetting with cats. They're making this sound. And uh, these songs are surprisingly good. I think you would enjoy them quite a bit. And they're becoming very popular. He's made a whole album. And I believe we have a clip. Yes, so the beginning is the cat making that natural cat's sound, okay. and then he puts the beat on it. So let's hear it. Uh-uh. Blood clot. You know what they say in reggae? Blood clot all the time. Yes, I think so. Billy bum, billy bum. Hey! Uh. I need echo in my voice. <laughs> you like reggae, Alice? <sighs> because I grew up so close to. Uh, UC Irvine where they had a big reggae festival all the time I can't but sometimes I mean like I'm enjoying this it's okay I love this not bad although I feel I feel sorry for the cat making this sound if it was scared How is this a real cat sound? And how have I lived 
all these years of my life never knowing that cats make this sound. Uh, yeah, it's like I, talking. You know, I kind of think it's like my old dog Murray, if ever he really wanted something, would mm-hmm. try to speak English to me. Like it almost felt like it's like, <laughs> well, I'll say it in human. And then we go, right. Like that to me. And uh, yeah. so I always thought that was him trying to like his last ditch effort. I knew he was really hungry or something was up if he went at like, dude, I'm going to have to speak English right now. <laughs> um, now, do you think that this reggae artist could bring that cat out on tour and do the song live? Like, I know, I know like dogs are really good at like being trained and right. learning behaviors and like you could train them to vocalize. Like, I always see this stuff on, you know, on TikTok where like a guy starts singing you know, a Waylon Jennings song, and then the dog goes, oh, like with him. Mm-hmm. Like, I know this is totally a fine dog behavior, but do you think that cats are advanced enough that if he wanted to play, if he was going to play that live, that he could bring out right. that that cat and go, you know, sing, cat. I feel like Lucy Hoyle would say no. However, mm. I have seen an episode or two of Sabrina the Teenage Witch, you know, there's various cats in television and movies. We can all point to some. Morris, cats in commercials. Mm. Um, And so obviously, if Hollywood can train a cat, the Kiffness can train a cat. So yes, I don't know what's involved. I don't know if they'd have to have like the Olsen twins of cats or some kind of, you know, multiple cats to be... I don't know if they could do a tour with one cat. I don't know what kind of labor laws are involved with cats. I probably they'd have to have a stable of cats. Um, what is a group of cats called? A murder? Or that's crows. That's crows. A herd? A pack? Pack I of cats? A herd of cats? A group of cats? People say herding cats. Yes, they do. Yeah. But but that's to describe. Something that's very difficult. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, you're hurting. I always thought that would make a great show about a really large Jewish family. Like, hurting cats. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Um, So, anyway, I think it is possible, but I think it'd be challenging. Very challenging. Upworthy Weekly. Couple who took engagement photos at Olive Garden are now getting a free honeymoon in Italy. Carl Z. Bibb and Caden Mills, you wouldn't believe it, they're white. Uh, went, <laughs> Carl Z. and Caden went viral this week for taking their engagement photos in front of an olive garden in Cookville, Tennessee, pretending it was Italy. The photos turned out gorgeous and fooled some folks, why many of those who got the joke saw it as a statement against the social pressure to be perfect for Instagram. So, you know, if you could picture an olive garden, it has that kind of like Tuscan farmhouse look, mm-hmm. but, you know, next to a Denny's in a, <laughs> you know, in a shopping mall parking strip lot. Mall. In, a, in a strip mall. But it, they, they do go for that look, you know. The olive garden is, has done the effort to do that. And if you take something with a couple in the foreground and just sat in the background, uh, you can make people think they're in Italy. So, 
the, the photo shoot was the brainchild of a photographer, Shay Cravens, who said, quote, A little over a year ago, I had the idea of doing a session at Olive Garden. I mentioned it to some friends, but never got around to it. Fast forward to today, it finally happened, and I'm so happy with the outcome. Uh, and the great thing is the bride and groom-to-be were really happy with the photos, and Olive Garden found out about it. And so then they went on Good Morning America, and Michael Strahan, the host of Good Morning America, um, decided to award them with the most amazing honeymoon ever. Now, before I get to the audio on that, I wanted to know, Allison, yes. what do you, th- you know who Michael Strahan is, right? I do, Yes. Do you know what he did before being on Good Morning America? He played football, right? Wow. I am... A, this is like... I'm also surprised! <laughs> that, that was a pull. It was a reach and a pull. Yeah, I did it. it. Yeah, and which, uh, which team did he play for? The Buccaneers. Nah, he was a New York Giant, and he okay. ha- held the uh, yearly sack record. So the funny thing is, I love how Michael Strahan was this guy who was like the most vicious football player at the most vicious position on the field, and actually, he's the most like friendly. You know, fifty-year-old women love waking up and seeing Michael Strahan, <laughs> which yeah. is is funny to me. Uh, but he's great. Uh, so here's Michael. Well, I tell you right now, you you two not aren't wasting any time, and Caden. Do you have anything special planned for the honeymoon that you're working on? We haven't got there yet. We've been pretty busy with uh, everything else. So um, we're just waiting around, trying to see the best time for everything for both of us. So that's where we're at right now. Well, let me tell you what, Carlsley and and Caden, we want to help, all right? We want to help make some memories in actual (laughs) Italy, not just an Italian restaurant. We love the Olive Garden. And we love them so much, and they love you so much that they're sending you on an all-expenses-paid trip to Italy for your honeymoon. That's right. That's awesome. That's awesome. Thank you so much. And the great thing is, you two, it's one one less thing that you have to plan. Congratulations to you both. We really, really appreciate you coming on GMA this morning. Thank you. Thank you. It's like, I want to, like, Tell my wife that we're gonna like renew our vows, or something, and then take photos in front of like a Panda Express, <laughs> and then get to go to China. Get to go to China, or yes, yes, know, that's so smart. I could. I don't know if it works like that, but yes, I'm trying. Yes, retro work, ret- retrofit. Is that the right term? Yeah, yeah. It's like where do you want to go, and then choose a restaurant that serves that cuisine. Yeah, and, and take just, but they have to be really romantic photos, and I think these people mm. really pulled it off, so I don't yeah. think anybody can get this kind of treatment from the Olive Garden. No, no. Todd, we should be hosting a morning show. We should be hosting Good Morning America, shouldn't we? I feel like we'd be great. I feel like we have, like, Regis and Kathy energy. Yes, I do, too. We'd have to get up early, but other than that, I feel like we're shoo-ins. We could sit on tall stools and stuff. No, we'll just record it the night before, like this show. <laughs> okay. Right. We can pretend. We can do night for day. Allison, I'm losing my mind. <laughs> Gelman. <laughs> oh, Todd. Yeah. Oh, Todd. Yeah. Uh, 
a 100-year-old woman was arrested on her birthday, but get this, it was to cross it off her bucket list. It was her dream. Oh. Jean Bickerton had a lifelong wish to be arrested, so Australian police in Victoria arrested the former nurse to make her dreams come true. I just realized you didn't play your sound effect, did you? It's okay. Are you sure? Do you want to play it now just for completion? No, no, it's fine. I can All let right. it hang. I can let it hang. There's no period at the end of the sentence here. I'm just like... <gasps> okay. So she celebrated her big day when the police detained her at her nursing home. Now, you might be thinking, didn't that scare everyone? No, the police were smart. They let everyone know ahead of time that oh. this was going to be happening. <laughs> so that, yeah, the other residents weren't frightened. Uh and she was celebrating her birthday and they came in and they did the mock arrest and she got a real big kick out of it. It was one of her favorite birthdays. Uh, and she says about the handcuffs, and this is how you know, this was all fake. <laughs> she says, I was surprised. They were quite soft. They were too big for me anyway. Well, I mean, unless Australia is in. Oh, great. I've got the audio here. Um, and. Now, if, if you listen to the audio, it seems like Grandma here, 100-year-old lady, is a little randy for the police, if you ask me. Okay. But before I play the clip, is there a word for randy that people use in Australia? Ran- is it randy? Little randy. I don't know. Nay, hey, she's a little like randy. Probably- I don't know. Mm. Well, you you have a we have a listener who's from Australia, mm-hmm. so you could ask him. Yes, if you're a listening listener from Australia, how does how does someone say Randy in uh, Australian? So, Victoria Police stepped in, helping Jean tick off her bucket list. And Jean joins us now with her daughter, Kathy. Good morning to both of you. First of all, happy birthday, Jean. Tell us, how surprised were you when you saw the police outside? Well, I thought some of them was what I spent the weekend with. (laughs) (laughs) What was it like to be arrested, though? Was it all it's cracked up to be? Oh. Oh, it was a bit... I never had handcuffs on before, but I enjoyed it. <laughs> they are very soft. Yeah. What? She's a ton of fun. Like, I think this is more than a bucket list. It's more, you know... A, a, a yeah, fetish? Yeah, yeah a, a different kind of... Yeah. It's a right. Her, she wants her fetishes fulfilled uh, by the sure, time that she, makes sense. she leaves this world. That sounds yeah. fun. I think everybody should have that, you know. I mean, de- depending on, you know, whether... What one, they are. Yeah, one significant other is okay. But if you're 100, right. you probably don't have a significant other. Like, chances of you both being that old are pretty small. Right. Right, Yeah. But, like, who knew that the police are available for this kind of stuff? Yeah. I I, feel like the LAPD are probably not. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) I suspect they're not. You know, it's kind of funny. Uh, I remember going... Have you ever been to New York, Allison? 
Well, I don't know if you know this, Todd. I don't like to talk about it, but I did live there for a number of years. So, yes, I have. One of the things I found funny was I was there and I I needed directions somewhere. I was like, Mm. where's the pizza place or whatever? And uh, where do I get the pizza? Uh, You know. (laughs) Oh my gosh, what a classic tourist move. Yeah. No. How embarrassing for you. I was like, where's the Olive Garden around here? I want some good Italian oh. while I'm in Brooklyn. Oh boy. Oh boy. So, but I actually, I went up to a police officer and the police mm. officer was like, oh yeah, go over here. And the police officer was totally nice and the whole mm-hmm. bit. And I thought, LAPD? No way. If you were to go up no. and go, excuse me, how do I, you know. How do I find Dodger Stadium or whatever? The LAPD would be like, back, back off, back off. And like nine cars would show up. And I, and I just mm-hmm. wondered, did you have the same feeling that the New York PD and the LAPD were kind of kind of different vibes? Different. Yes, that is my feeling. And I don't know why that is. Yeah. But um, yeah, I did find. I didn't have a lot of uh, interaction with the NYPD. I guess I'm lucky in that way. But in general, um, that seems right. Yeah. Okay. And then my interaction with LAPD has been like traffic stops and things. And um, yep, you're right, Todd. Savor the fact that you're right. Thank you. For once. Todd, (laughs) wrong about Christmas music, right on cops. Wrong about vegetables, though. Yeah. Now, Now, here's another thing I was thinking, like, from hearing this story. I was like, now that I'm 45 years old... Is that the right time to start making a bucket list? Is that too early? Like, if 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 I was like, oh yeah, Allison, you know what I did? Uh, I visited seventeen Major League Baseball stadiums last year and crossed mm. that off my bucket list. You'd be like, no, right. it doesn't count. Doesn't count. No matter what you do right now, you can't have it on a bucket list because you're too young. Or you know what I'm saying? Like it's premature right. bucketing. I never, I've never thought to myself that there, that you, you, there's such a thing as too young to have a bucket list. I see what you're saying that you run the risk of like, oh, I've crossed everything off my bucket list. Now what? But I've never thought that a bucket list was just an old person's game. Todd, no offense, but you could perish tomorrow. Get that list going. I don't. Maybe that could be part of my fall renewal that I'm going through right I know. now. It's, it seems like it should be. Yeah. Why not? You could just see me renewing right before your eyes. I can't, I can't wait. Upworthy Weekly. NASA shares a clip of how a black hole sounds, and it's eerie. This week, NASA shared a supermassive... What a... Uh, what a This week, NASA shared what a supermassive black hole would sound like. This black hole at the center of the Perseus Cluster of Galaxies is 250 million light years away from Earth. It's amazing they could get the sound right on that, but somehow just doing this through Riverside takes... Um, (laughs) But Allison can't get a USB (laughs) mic to work half the time. Uh, NASA published... This brand new sonification or the conversion of okay, basically they they converted <laughs> astronomical data into sound because this isn't three two one contact here. This is this is Upworthy mm-hmm. Weekly. Okay, this is you know people want science. Go read Popular Mechanics. Okay, um, so basically uh, the reason most people think that in space there is no sound. But mm. no, 
there is sound because, quote, the pressure waves sent out by the black hole caused ripples in the cluster's hot gas that could be translated into a note. So this is Are like Are we a- laughing at the term hot gas? Because I am. Yes, yes. Okay, go go okay. for it. You go first. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just a little muffled laugh. <laughs> okay, good. You can do that. Uh so, you know, and NASA further talked about the uh, hot gas in the middle of the universe. <laughs> uh, the misconception that there is no sound in space originates because most space is a vacuum, providing no way for sound waves to travel. A galaxy cluster has so much gas <laughs> that no, we I'm pick laughing up, at us laughing. We pick up actual sound. So, you know, it's not a silent but deadly black hole, okay? <laughs> Stop, okay. So here it is, amplified and mixed with other data, so we can hear the black hole. So let's let's listen quietly. <laughs> Sounds kind of cool. It's ominous. It's like the end of a two thousand one A Space Odyssey when mm-hmm. Dave is is going through the uh, Stargate. Oh, and his face is getting all smushed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was it. That was a uh, sound of a That's black cool. hole. And scary. It's time to rate your week. Have something great happen this week that you just have to share with the world? Tell us about it by emailing us at upworthyweekly at upworthy.com. Allison, on a scale of one through five, one being horrifyingly awful and five being completely amazing. Rate your week. Well, last week I gave it a one because my dad went to the hospital because he was having heart problems and it was real scary. Uh, And this week I'm going to give it a 1.5 because this was not a good week. Um, He was still in the hospital and it was still scary, uh, although he is set to be discharged today. So that is wonderful. But so you might be thinking, well, why are you still giving it a 1.5? Because I'm rating the week that just happened. and yeah, it was just it was just rough and filled with uh, scariness. And then last night, I went to bed, and then at like one thirty, all of a sudden, I remembered that I had put in a load of wash, and I <laughs> I wanted to put it in the dryer because I didn't want it to sit there wet and potentially mildewy all night. Um, so I'm like, dang. And Daniel had just come to bed. However, I. I feel like dating books and things like that are like men, you know, ask a man to help you ask him for advice or ask him to help you. Men like to feel needed and a sense of purpose and stuff. Um, Daniel's over that. He Uh. just likes to feel, I don't know if that's just when you're dating or something. Daniel just likes to feel like a couch cushion under his butt or he likes to feel a mattress under his back. I'm not saying he's lazy. I'm saying Mm, he is, (laughs) 
<laughs> no, I'm saying that he knows he's useful. He knows he's helpful and he just is feels like he does stuff all day long. So I'm trying to not if I'm trying to not ask him to do things that I can do myself because I feel like I ask him to do too much in general. So I'm like, I'm just going to go do this. So I get out of bed and I go to get the, there's stuff in the dryer. So I go to empty out the dryer so I can put the stuff in and our dryer is sort of like behind a nook. Uh, and there's all these like, like our brooms and like cleaning supplies and things are sort of in front of it. And instead of pushing the, those things out of the way. I just like lean, I lean in this like silly way thinking I could just get the stuff out of there. Anyway, long story short, I slip and just completely eat oh. ass. Um, <laughs> and I haven't done that as an adult. I haven't fallen in a really long time. So I'm just like, whoa. And I just go crashing down and um, <sighs> like I, my arm is totally, I didn't break anything, thankfully. Like my arm though is totally bruised. I fell on Wendy's dog dish. I have a, bru- a, a half circle shaped bruise on my left butt cheek because I just came <gasps> crashing down on her dog dish. Daniel got up. He's like, are you okay? I'm like, yes, I'm just in pain. Uh, I just felt so, it's so embarrassing as an adult to like, to fall down, <laughs> yes. uh, just to wipe out like that. But... <laughs> But he did end up putting my stuff in the dryer. So I'd say I won. But yeah, I just, it just, and so I, I just feel sore and stupid. You had to go through a, a lot to week. win. Yeah. I really did. Yeah. You know, I think it's an it's a interesting thing. It's like as a, as a child, you fall often. Yes. Right? And then maybe in people's 20s, they have a couple moments where they fall because they're drinking. Mm-hmm. Right, but and then, then you're like lube. You're loosened up. You're kind of, you know, flexible. Yeah, lubed up. And then between the ages of about thirty-two and fifty-eight, you never fall once. Right. And then you right. fall again because you're old. Yeah, and then you like bust a hip or all sorts of bad things start happening. But no, I'm in the zone where I'm supposed to stay vertical. Yeah. So it was a real surprise when all of a sudden I was just falling through the air thinking, this isn't going to be good. And Daniel's like, how did you land? And it was, and I just remember going, I don't know. Or no, he's like, what hurts? What did you land on? I'm like, I don't know. It was, the question was too difficult for me to answer at that point. I, 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 my proprioception, is that the word, was missing. Like my sense of myself in space. I just knew that my arm hurt. And I felt stupid. Anyway. Um, Are you a better person than you were last week? Uh, nah. I mean, I did try to be considerate of Daniel and not burden him with making him get back up out of bed. Because I could have just said to him, like, Oh, honey, I'm so tired. I'm such a a dingbat. I forgot to put the clothes in the dryer. Since you are more awake than I am, would you mind just putting the stuff in the dryer? And he would have like huffed and puffed and done it. But instead, I said, oh, I forgot. I'll go do it. And then look what happened. So I think that we all, I think that maybe I made an error in judgment. And I don't know what the lesson to learn is. So am I a better person? No, I think it's a push. Okay. 
Yeah. Um, Todd, what about you on a scale of one to five, one being awful, five being amazing? How was your week? I'm going to give it a two. Okay. And as so you also may... not great. Yeah, and as you may have realized while we've been doing the show is that my life has been a little hectic going on right that now. way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, for all the moments we've cut out of this show, of my naked <laughs> child opening the studio door, mm-hmm. my dog's going ape ass. Uh, so what happens is, you know, I've, I've talked about it previously on the show. I got my new Labrador slash boxer, 11-month-old dog who is still pure puppy. And so let's talk about what he's eaten in my house this week. Let's. He, he ate one of my boat shoes. <laughs> oh no wait a minute these shoes had it coming because you mm-hmm. speaking of falling you hurt yourself in these shoes a lot yes multiple times yeah yeah uh and he's eaten uh, our tv remote oh the, not the whole thing but he's destroyed he, it he destroyed it uh he ate um a, a few pens a, a crayon <laughs> some legos oh, no. and my oh, glasses <gasps> So these are my oh, yeah. old glasses. They're slightly right, different. The... Mm. They're both tortoise shell, but it's slightly... These are a little more off the nose. It's a little more Chuck Schumer, you know? Yeah. But also, this is not your current prescription either. No, no. Uh, so, and you know how he ate, ate my glasses was? He was bothering my son, and my son wanted to distract him. So he threw my glasses, and the kid ate them. And I pretty much, at that point, I was just like... You know, some people take out the whole family. <laughs> Everyone, everyone's got to go. Yeah, he's having right. that right moment. Um, so, and then he peed on my couch three times. Mm. Three times in so the I, same spot? No, in different. Oh, he hit every cushion. Oh. <laughs> so I, it's so much I had to buy a steam cleaner. Mm. And I just been like all week. So yeah, that's been uh, really bad. So to save it from being a one, uh, I had a great time last night seeing some friends that I hadn't seen in a while out and seeing a band play. So that was fun. So I that kind of evened everything up. Right. That does sound like a really rough week. Oh, oh, it gets worse. Okay. It gets worse. At soccer practice, because I'm an AYSO coach, and I coach my uh, kids' team, uh... <laughs> They're having a scrimmage, and the kids are playing playing each other really intense, and the ball gets kicked off, gets kicked out of bounds. So, being a good coach, I was running to go pick up the ball, and I was running, and I went, I bent over to grab the ball, and I bruised my rib, and I was like, "How?" Ugh. And I, I I don't know. It's just I'm 45, and I moved quickly, and <laughs> oh no, and I was like, and all the parents are sitting there on their lawn chairs. While I'm mm-hmm. running around like an idiot in the heat, and then I'm like, like I can't breathe, and so I like stumble off the field, and everybody's just sitting there, like looking at me. Hey Todd, hey Coach Todd, and um, no one got up to help you. No, my wife just kind of laughed at me. Like that's what she does. She, <laughs> like, oh, of course you'd hurt uh, yourself. Yeah. My wife got mad at me <laughs> when I had COVID. Because she was like, oh, come on, suck it up. You're such a baby when you get sick. And then I mm. found out, she found out I had a COVID. And she was like, oh, well. Right. Still, you're a baby. Right. But um, anyway, so that was my week. Are you a better person? 
No, you know, and I think because <laughs> I'm trying to become a better person with this kind of pregnant moment that I think mm-hmm. I'm living through, through through this time of year where it's time to, you know, time to change and improve my life. That um, right. I think I, I think that means that I have work to be done. Mm, that's a good way of putting it. Oh, I don't want to go back in my house, Allison. I know you've you don't want to see what what you've missed. No. <laughs> What's he eating? <laughs> What's he peed oh, on? I, I can't wait to find out, though. Upworthy Weekly was produced by Todd Perry. Follow Upworthy on all socials at Upworthy. Allison is on Twitter at Allison Rosen. And Todd at Todd A. Perry. That's Todd with one D. Questions, comments, or to tell us about your amazing week, email us at UpworthyWeekly at Upworthy.com. I'm Marley Balin. Have a great week. <laughs>